Imagine loving your life after 40 the natural mind, body, and spirited way. And how about feeling energized and excited about your future whilst managing symptoms of aging and menopause naturally so that you feel at home in your body and life? Welcome to the Naturally Wise Woman 40 Plus Podcast, the podcast for women that are ready to create the life they really want naturally, in community, and in joy. Here is your host, holistic health coach, psychotherapist, yoga, Nia, and mindfulness instructor, Suzanne McAllister. Hello, hello, and welcome to the newest episode of the Naturally Wise women podcast this is your host Suzanne McAllister I hope you've been starting strong for 2020 and there's many things I like to cover today so I'd love to talk about what is the universe saying what are the stars saying for this year what is going on I want to teach you the three fear approach and how to help yourself when you get scared doing the new year when things come up. So if you're not on my email list, because I send out a, a blog post on this one, go to suzannemcallister.com and just sign up and then I'll send out helpful tips and tricks every week to get through life naturally and wise. Well, that's my hope for you. So uh, we're talking about this and I'm also going to challenge you for a little experiment, but that is later so let's talk about 2020 and what has been going on in the stars and in the astrology i went to a beautiful um whatever it was it was a yoga class with it was more like a ritual it was yoga and um, my friend glenda was singing with her beautiful voice my friend liz was um, leading the yoga so it was like just amazing with a bunch of really um, like-minded women at a beautiful spot and we were um, we talked about what's been going on with the universe and the stars and I really wanted to share with you what I learned on that evening so it was about the Saturn and Pluto conjunction and so if you're not into stars or astronomy at all that is super cool no worries at all but it, there's some truth to it when I listen to it and so maybe just have an open mind and um, yeah, it might just help. So this is like a very special thing that actually happened on the 12th of January 2020 when the Saturn and Pluto conjunction were conjuncting, whatever you call it. So I think that only happens every 500 and something years. And it was very special and very, very, very strong. So this is why we had this, um, this evening. So when they align, they also align in Capricorn. And something like we have never experienced this alive today. Well, not in this life. So what does that actually mean? So it talks about um, as above, as so below. So the microcosm and the macrocosm. So what happens on the outside happens also on the inside. So I always see that also what happens on the political stage, what is going on in the world happens also often within my life within my inner life and it's a time to reflect and when I change my inner life and the way I see things and the energy I put out then also 
the macrocosm changes. So this is why we do prayers, why we do meditation, why we try to um, be as calm and balanced in the times that we have. So Ekatolla also calls it something, is it the cloud of sorrow that he talks about that's kind of hovering over us. So if we feed this big cloud with all negativity and resistant, uh, resist the changes that are coming and just fighting and pressing against the wall. So we're just feeding into this big cloud that's above us. So if we um, change our attitude towards that, so whenever we get scared, because there are some scary things happening in politics right now, and um, not that I'm ignorant to it, but I choose not to look at too many news articles and because I feel that it just reinforces what's going on. So I rather focus and spend my time uh, meditating and praying for world peace and for the leaders to be wise than to sit in front of the TV and just see the same news things over and over and feed into the fear that's happening on the planet right now. So that is also something leading into this. So what we can expect with Saturn and Pluto conjuncting. So that can unfold. Um, and when it has in the past, there were big things happening. World wars, um, the economy collapses, stricter governments, and it collapses in establishments in some way. And this is not to make you scared. This is to make you aware and it makes you um, taking control of what is going on and your your feelings about it. So Saturn and Pluto, maybe you've heard, you know, compared to Venus, the, the planet of love, um, they have a bit of a bad reputation in the astrology and astronomy section. So Saturn is a little bit cold and strict and stern, like the like a little bit of an unforgiving father figure that's never pleased no matter what you do. I think do we all know one of these? I most certainly do. And Pluto is the planet of death and rebirth. So it wants to destroy things in order to create more power and more freedom. It wants to rise up strong and powerful like the phoenix from the ashes. But sometimes it can be too domineering, too power hungry for their own good. So they're definitely darker planets on the surface. But then when we look a little bit deeper, like all darkness serves also a higher, higher purpose. And I believe that, you know, that light always, always wins over the darkness. And we all have some darkness in us. So why not work with this and integrate it, the learnings from it and then turn it over. So Saturn is, for example, ambitious, but it also sets healthy boundaries Um and we need healthy boundaries to succeed in life and our personal life. I definitely can tell you that I used to really suck at setting boundaries. Um, everybody could have anything for me anytime. I would always say yes, 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 yes to everything. Um, so even when I knew I didn't have the time, the money, I was too tired, couldn't do this anymore. I just was like, bleeding myself dry because I really wanted to be liked I wanted to have friends and um, so I was raised saying no that would mean people don't like you but the opposite is really true if you say no people respect you more um, because and also I believe that people know me well they know if I can do something 
um, that is important that they can always come to me and I will do the best with unconditional love that I can. But when I can't or when I'm being asked to do things <laughs> that, um, that don't align with who I am, then yeah, I do set healthy boundaries and I do say no. And I have only learned that within, I don't know, maybe the last nine years or so. <laughs> because before that, as you might know, that um, my, my husband... Peter that I love dearly he um, would really be good at <laughs> setting boundaries for me or when things were too hard he'd keep my back or he'd always have my back and um, so I could always uh, count on his support so I didn't have to be that tough and that strict because he always looked up to me and he did have my back so I had to learn to, um, to stand on my own two feet um, be the breadwinner be the, the mother and father to my girls and also to be sometimes to draw the line. And that's something that came out of the darkness that I experienced. Definitely served me well. All right, so healthy boundaries. How are you with doing boundaries? Maybe, you know, if you're not driving, you can also journal these things or keep that question in mind. Um, how are you with boundaries? Is there anything that you need to do in 2020 to set healthier boundaries for yourself? So Saturn is also persistent and loyal and will never let you down. And they're like really, really good values to have. Now Saturn symbolizes strength and the willpower to go on, even if you met with challenge after challenge. And this is something that's so important in a world where so often it's about instant gratification like by the the press of a button like we have after pay and whatever they're all called um so really like to persevere with things and to work on your um discipline and to work hard for something and even when you fail to get up and do it again i mean we all had to do it when we learned to walk or we'd still be crawling there and we had to learn it before that, before we started crawling. So we're actually programmed to keep on going and keep on going until we reach what is really, really true to our heart and what we want. So Pluto is the artist of transformation. And I kind of really love that. And it represents the highest transformation, which is like the return to love that we all came from and the love that we all are. And so this is a little something that I do. So when things um, bring me down or tick me off or when I don't understand what is going on, and I always try to see the person's soul and try to see it from a point of love. Or I do say, what would Jesus say to this? How would Jesus react to this? Or the Dalai Lama or whoever is your person in your life that you think is naturally um, a wise person to follow. So yeah, if we come from a point of love, um, I think that actually I've been doing this since I read, uh, was it Conversations with God, the Neil Donald Walsh books many, many years ago. And that was one of the things that he always would say, what would love do? What would love say? And I do feel it's so important to sometimes really bite your lip, not physically until it bleeds, but really 
close and breathe and then bring back to what would love say now and I am very quick tempered and I would chew out things like wah, 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 that I would regret afterwards and so in my family so I grew up with my grandma and my grandfather so my grandmother she was a little bit like that so in our household nobody would talk about things people would like sulk things so you'd be frozen out or they'd be sulking and you'd have to kind of figure out as a kid what you did wrong nobody would address things and then if if she did it was like in an explosion of and then that was it and I think I've kind of taken that over from my grandmother um, unfortunately and that's just one of these patterns that I tried to change for many, many years. So mostly that works very well for me now. But yeah, there's something where we might react to things instead of responding to things. And when we think about it, that might be something that we've taken over from childhood. But do we really want to be like that? And is that something that we want to do? So to actually really consciously press my lips together breathe in slowly slowly and i do do that and then I'm, i say what would love say now to this really really helps so pluto brings this this with wave of um, strong awakening to transform and shift us to a new wave of consciousness and that's like a very very beautiful thing that happens as well so it's the place of unconditional love where we're working hard and we're loyal to the cause <clears throat> and we find our own definition of success. So our own definition of success might be that we're like, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll, have, I'll have this job right now and um, I'm bringing in this money, I'm paying the bills, but my version of success is also to um, stand in for the environment and to that that's my cause because I want that um, the world is a better place. We need to do something about climate change. We need to step up. We need to protect the animals. We need to protect our beautiful nature before, you know, things are irreversible, destroyed. And um, I'm just seeing this from my, from my beautiful friend Gundula, Dr. Gundula Rhodes. I've interviewed her on a previous episode. She is just standing up for climate change. She's here, there and everywhere. She gets interviewed. Um, and she doesn't make a living with this. So she works super hard um, in her vet clinic so that she can, you know, this is her purpose in life. That's her cause. That's what she stands for. So that she does that. And that fills her with hope. That, And it also fills her with a purpose. And I, I really love that. And that's something that we all, we all have that. So life is full of duality. So it is the microcosm and the macrocosm. It's the light and the dark and all of that is there. So it, it might break us a breakdown and we might completely reorganize and rebuild things. And I see that um, in, in our lives right now. I see that in my life right now because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm at the verge of a big change in my life. My... Um, Actually, my oldest daughter, she is, she is moving to Melbourne tomorrow. And then um, after a while, she wants to do more travels. And my youngest, as you might know, because I keep talking about my kids, they, she's going to move out in a month. And then it's just 
a different phase in my life where for the first time in 24 years I'm not responsible and I do feel I need to I need to go and I need to go to places that I always wanted to go to but I never I never did because you know I was always my children my husband when they were little and then after he passed it was like my children and yeah now they they are they're on their own they have their own life and not that they don't need me anymore they know that I'm always there for them that they'll always have a home with me and that I'll always come and get them if they're in trouble and how awesome is that I wish I I had that when I grew up unfortunately I didn't and you know some people would say well that only made you stronger but it would have been so much nicer had I had or did I have sorry someone in my life that would have said to me wherever you are whatever you do no I always have your back and when things are bad I'll always come and get you and you always have a place with me I would have loved that and is that something that you say your children said something that goes on in your life and if you've never said that to your kids then maybe it's the time to say that to your kids yes so for me it's like a big breakdown and then I'm completely going to reorganize and rebuild my new life after um, not living with my children so this year has big adventures for me so I'm already I'm committed to go on two menopausal cruises and if you don't know what I'm talking about go on my website um, SusannaCallister.com and go on cruise with me I'll put the link um, in the show notes here as well so I've committed to two cruises with amazing women and experts from America and from all over the world that are there to bring us forward I'll be there available to help the women in my tribe to have a better and bigger vision and to help them through menopause naturally and holistically and their midlife and recreate and transform their life because that is my my vision as a, a naturally wise woman and this is also what is in my manifesto if you look at um, the show notes or if you look at any of my facebook groups you know the naturally wise women tribe on facebook that's a free group you can join that and every day I'm in there and I'm um, providing inspiration and help for as many women as I can to go through midlife naturally in a tribe and also help with our natural health. So in my manifesto, let me just read it to you quickly. So the naturally wise woman, women, women or women 40 plus feels always supported and part of our community. So these are my values is working with her body rather than against it, rests and sleeps deeply, has found natural ways to manage um, symptoms of midlife and hot flushes and night sweats and things like that and age proves her body, is living her passion and transforming her life daily in joy. The naturally wise woman knows that there is so much exciting and precious lifetime to be lived and discovered and so many more adventures to be lived. And she's actively managing her emotions like anxiety while and thriving. The naturally wise woman appreciates, loves and accepts her body just the way it is. And she's part of our community helping others not so fortunate to spread her wisdom and therefore feels deeply fulfilled. The naturally wise woman uses supplements and mindfulness and discovers new passionate ways to enjoy her body. She is vibrant 
and present and stands in her power. The naturally wise woman lives constantly in the here and now. She feels understood and deeply connected to herself and our tribe. So this is my manifesto for the naturally wise woman tribe, the free Facebook group. But that's also my motivation of creating uh, my new program, Magical Primetime, which is an eight-week group um, coaching program that this lies just out of this world. There is not a course there like this. But you'll have to wait for a little while before I speak about that. But you can join our Facebook group and, and join our tribe and be in there. So this is about Pluto, about yeah, reorganizing, um, standing in your power, claiming it back and find yourself willing to hand it over to someone we think is, or instead <laughs> of um, handing your power over to someone that, that is going to help you. This is really about you to stand in your own power and aligning from a place of love instead from a place of um, fear on a place of luck. So quickly, the numerology for 2020. So we're in a number, fear, number four year. And um, so this represents returning home to the self. So that's also is going within rather than looking on the outside. And it's about feeling whole, balanced and aligned with our true self. So you might use this year to align deeper with your soul calling, to find ways of create, to create a sense and comfort in your own skin and our own lives, which is no matter what's happening around you, to find your tribe, but to connect to yourself, to self-nourish. It's time to master self-care. That's like one of my big, biggest things because, yeah, I'd always put myself last um, so this is about self-care and about fulfilling my needs. This is also the reason why I'm going to be a naturally wise woman on the move this year. And I'll be podcasting from many, many, many different places and um, interviewing interesting women that I find along the way. So look out for that. So it's about to um, think about the values and the things you hold dear and... Um, yeah, it's about to partner, to be your own best friend and to partner with yourself. But then also to realize that we are no, no woman or no man is an island. We're all in this together and looking at everything from the filter of unconditional love. And when things get a bit scary, there's like three things that we can do that I sent, uh, that I wrote in my blog about this week. Because, um, so I'm a woman of lists, so when things happen, I do a pro and con list. Anybody else loves Gilmore Girls? I think I have that from there <laughs> many years ago. My children still think that I'm parenting them like I saw on Gilmore Girls, which um, might be, there might be some kernel of truth in there. Anyhow, so I'm a girl that writes lists and to-do lists and things like that and pro and con lists. And so if I get scared of things, um, then I'm doing this. So you take a piece of paper and you put it in um, three different columns. And off the top of the page you write, what if I, the thing that, you're, that scares you, the thing that you're thinking about, um, that you want to do. And so if you say, 
let's say, well, for many of you, it might be like a new job and things are happening. Um, many women that I speak to are not happy in their relationship as it is. And um, they're also not financially secure. So there's lots of fear with that. All right, so it could be anything from looking for a new job, starting a fitness routine or moving to the new city or anything else like that. So write down how you feel, how you would feel once you've done this. So if it is um, your big job, your big goal is to land a new job um, that, that will... Um, that will guarantee you more income so you can be more independent then you just write that down and I like you to write down how you would feel once you accomplish that because that is so important like our subconscious works on our goals when we actually put the feeling into that so if it's a big job in the first column you're going to write down all the things that could go wrong so you could write that you're worried if you're not up to it, that you don't have the skills, you might feel you don't have the energy and um, oh, yeah, you might have hating it or you're going to miss all your work bodies that you have now because you know it's, the place, it's your comfort place. So write down at least 10 to 15 items and don't scrutinize them and criticize them and try to do anything. You just like brainstorm, write all the things down that could go wrong. And then in the second column, list the steps you can take to cut the risk of those bad things happening. So the risk could be um, to cutting that down for the bad things happening might be, oh, maybe I need to upskill um, maybe I can set um, boundaries to have personal time, you know, like we talked about what's going on. Or um, how, what can I do to keep in touch with my, my bodies from work that I have so I, I don't feel completely out of sorts. So you just write the things, um, how you can minimize the risk of the bad things happening. And in the third one, you can, um, so one is the prevention thing, what you can do. And in the third column, you can outline what you can do to fix the situation if the worst thing happens. All right. Um, and Robin Sharma <laughs> says, the fears we don't face become our limits. Let me say that again. The fears we don't face become our limits. So once you shine a light on our fears, it's kind of amazing how they're far less scary than we imagined. Because the things that scare us are almost so much worse in our heads than they are in real life. So we can let a few what ifs get in the way of our goals and dreams. But when we break it down, you realize all of the amazing possibilities that are awaiting you. So don't wait. Pick the goal, whatever it is, leveling up your health. You can declare 2020 the year where you get into your best and healthiest and strongest body because that is possible at any age. You can be your strongest and healthiest body. You know the interview I had with Bobby who did her first bikini competition at the age of 61. She looks just amazing and fabulous. So... Whatever that is. And um, my magical primetime program that I'll be introducing to you. This is going to actually 
I designed it because that's why I'm saying there's none like it out there. It's a complete mind, body, spirited program. It will take care of your um, of your nutritional needs. Yeah, so there is going to be amazing things in there for your to get your body in your best shape that it is, but also about your soul and your mind. All right, so that's one of the things. If you're not sure, actually what it is you should be doing so there's my experiment that i that i spoke about and this is actually i love these books from pam growl the e squared things because she has these um do-it-yourself energy experiments that prove your thoughts create your reality and that is just so in my mind so what it is so in this experiment it's about um, getting guidance uh, from the universe, from God, from your angels, whatever it is that you, you, that the word is for you. And so sometimes we might feel like a little bit lost and we think, oh my God, God's not really talking to me because God definitely doesn't talk to me um, like he did in the Bible. I don't hear like a manly voice in my head say, go and find, find something or do something. I do think that would really freak me out. But it's more of an inner guidance or I see signs like, um, I'm really excited for this one actually because one year I have to tell you that quickly so one year was a year after my husband passed and it was on my birthday or the day um, after that um, Lisa Williams so she is a, a medium that I really love and I had training with her um, for mediumship many years ago and she'd actually met my husband at an event that we were that we were all at so she came to Brisbane and you know, like I live in Australia, not people are not here all the time and it was near my birthday and I kind of sort of knew I have a sign with my husband and it's something to do with roses. So when he wants to send me a sign, when I need it specifically, I get signs from him all the time and it's, and I'm not asking for them that much anymore now because I think I'm good, but then every now and then I'm like, yes, I get I'll need something. Are you still hanging around and looking after us? Or is this right? Or is it not right? Anyhow, so Lisa Williams was in town. And my friend Angela <laughs> came and said, we have to go to this, blah, blah, blah. This is when it is. And it was the day before, the day after my birthday. And there was thousands of people there. And so she would give readings to people. Um, and yeah, lo and behold, um, I got a reading from her I was picked for a reading and as a um, as a thank you from Lisa you'd get a rose if you had a reading so there was maybe I don't know 5,000 people and 10 roses were giving out and I was the person that received the rose and I saw that as oh wow the message that I got actually on the night was especially super special to me and I got a birthday rose for my husband. So that was a wow moment. And so this year, <clears throat> I just saw this ad came up. So I did a spiritual um, pilgrimage with Carolyn Miss. So she is a medical medium from America. And I've been reading her books and following her teachings for about 30 years. And so when I was um, pregnant and didn't even know it with my now 20 year old, I went with Carolimus and about 300 other Americans to Egypt to this pilgrimage and um, I was 
in the middle of the night in the dark in the pyramids for example and meditated there it was the most amazing experience so Carolyn Miss has been I actually don't know that she's been here I've never never seen her anyhow so um, this ad pops up on the 17th of February which is my um, my late husband's birthday Carolyn Miss is in Brisbane and I'm like yes bought two tickets for me and my daughter who didn't know what was hitting her and I'm like we're going to there so I'm very very excited about what she talks about as well and um, very excited for that workshop not that I'm making any advertisement for a workshop or get any things from that but just this is about the experiments and looking out for signs what's going um, going on so I'll invite you to join me for this challenge and then you'll have to let me know like in the in the Facebook um, in the Facebook uh, group like the naturally wise women 40 plus um, tribes so you'll have to find out if you want to correspond about it or you can um, write something on the podcast wherever you listen I'll try and find it um, but yeah that would be awesome if you leave uh, me some um, some kind of message how that worked for you all right so what you're going to do you'll spend 48 hours expect, expecting a specific concrete answer to a specific concrete question it can be as simple as whether to adopt a new kitten or as complicated whether or not to take a job offer either way you're giving yourself inner guidance uh, you're giving your inner guidance 48 hours to spell it out for you so what you're going to do is you're going to choose the issue that's troubling you something that is a yes or no answer and something of which you're really confused and don't know what to do <sighs> so taking in a deep breath and just like thinking for a moment what is a question that's on your mind right now that you need to make a decision about? So then you're asking for a clear, non-debatable answer and you're asking for it to show up within the next 48 hours. It might show up immediately, it might take only a day, but within 48 hours, expect to have a new sign for that answer. So it's your job to set the intention and the time frame. And the universe is going to do the rest. All right. So I'm very, very, very much looking forward to that. So you can write that down and you can say, hey, that's it. What do I need? You can say, do I need to apply for a new job? And then you look out what's going on and you'll find the answer. You might be thinking that while you're driving away in the car right now. So you don't close your eyes, you don't write it down. But if that's the case, you might think if that's you, <clears throat> do I need to apply for a new job to change my financial situation? And there might be a big truck driving past that has yes to, I don't know, furniture removal or something like that. So if there's a big truck driving past you that has yes, do it. Or you'll be looking out or you're listening to a song and then all of a sudden, it's a little bit like when you, you decide you want to buy a new car and you want to buy um, 
I don't know, a yellow Volkswagen Beetle and you think, oh, nobody has that. And then all of a sudden you see the yellow Volkswagen Beetle everywhere. So this is my challenge to you for this podcast. So thinking about a question that you need answered right now. And then send an intent that you have the answer to it within 48 hours. So you can write to me on Facebook. You can write to me on my SuzanneMcAllister.com website. Or you can um, be jo join our Naturally Wise Woman tribe. Or you can write on wherever you're listening to this podcast. And while you're at it, please leave me a positive review. I hope it will be a positive one. A five-star review. And also share this podcast with your friends. All right. I'm looking forward to next week's podcast because I'll be interviewing the lovely Coral from um, Manchester. And she is someone that's very much into helping women um, with a better lifestyle that is plant-based. So tune in for next week's episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode very much. So many things in there like the planets, the numerology and, um, you know, your your new approach to fear or decision making. So the three columns, you can use that for any decision you can make when you really get scared. All right, so that was my tip. And so let's keep cracking at the 48 hours. I'll be writing my question down now. And I actually do it that uh, on a little piece of paper or a sticky note or something. And I'll keep it on the inside of my phone because then I know ooh, I'll have to look out for these things. And maybe it might be that you wake up tomorrow morning and you know for sure what you need to do. If that's the case, awesome. Let me know how you're going and let me know if you enjoy yourself, if you enjoy the episodes and please write me a review. Subscribe so you get the, the episodes um, straight into your, what's not your inbox, but you hear about the next episode straight away. All right. Lovely, lovely. And this is me, Suzanne McAllister. So I'm a holistic health coach, nutritional therapist, yoga teacher, NIA teacher, counselor, hypnotherapist, all these lovely things that I, that I did and studied over the last 30 years to really pull them all together to work with my clients so that they have the best life possible. So I help women with natural weight loss. I help them to define and recreate their new life. And anything emotional, I'm your girl. All right, get in touch with me if you want to know more how I work with people. And I will otherwise see you and hear from you next week. Bye-bye. This episode is sponsored by the Naturally Wise Women 40 Plus Lifestyle Membership. For a small monthly subscription, you get all the tools you need to get through menopause naturally and holistically. You get meal plans, shopping lists, you find out how to combat the most common symptoms holistically, which supplements really work. Every month you get a movement class and you also get a mindfulness techniques to help you calm your mind. We're going to reinvent our lives and live our passions to feel happy, healthy and strong again. To find out more, go to suzannemcallister.com forward slash membership. Enjoy your episode. 
All right, hello, hello to another episode of the Naturally Healthy and Wise Woman 40, uh, 45 Plus. Today I have a very special guest for you, a friend of mine in the town of Inverell, New South Wales, in Australia, Caroline Ditchfield, and I always found, um, we, I think we've known each other, must be about 10 years oh, now. I was thinking about 10 years. I think so. Mm. And um, in that time, Caroline has um, opened a natural health food store, organic store with um, a cafe. And she also had a newsletter that I found highly inspiring called From the Soil Up. Caroline um, is going to talk to us uh, today about how not to be afraid of nature or nature can heal us and her view on this. Welcome, Caroline, to the show. Thank you, Susan. <laughs> I'm so excited to um, be able to talk to you about this. So tell us a little bit about you, what you do and what you believe and what your message is today for us women. So a very quick background, born and bred on a rural farm in northern New South Wales, Inverell. Uh, so very much the um, background um, running around in agriculture. Uh, went to university and did ag science there with a, um, a major in um, entomology, so that's pest, pest management. And through all of that, I guess some of my alternate ways, or at least looking at nature, really came to be. One of the first big moments for me was I was brought up on a farm that every, literally every time it rained, half the farm would wash away again. And you'd have to find a new road to get across creeks and stuff because the gullies would just get bigger and bigger. As a child brought up in that, it was so perfectly normal. I would never have thought to even question it, mm. let alone anything else. You know, it was just, that was how farm living was. And everyone else I knew on farms, you know, they experienced the same thing. It wasn't even a discussion point. Hmm. It was only when I went to university and learned about soil erosion and then actually reflected back to our property that I realised we were just unbelievably destroying a whole natural resource. And it was through the, the, the way that it was being farmed. So that was a really big challenge in my own thinking at the time. Hmm. Can you exp expand on that a little bit? Because I'm quite ignorant to farming, having mm. ne not, not lived on a farm. So you say like the soil was washed away every time it rained. And then what happened? So, so every time you have lots of water running over bare, yeah. unrooted soil, yeah. it will take the soil with it. Mm -hmm. And particularly if it's allowed to run in towards, um, down into a gully, it comes together and creates more and more energy mm -hmm. and it gets faster mm. and it will literally carve whole gullies out of waterways. Oh, wow. And it's been an interesting process because that's early in my life, but as I've grown through it with a whole heap of topics probably under my belt, but one of them being this big wake up call and you now have, um, well, one of the gurus in the whole of this new way of looking at our, particularly the Australian landscape, mm. but a lot of landscapes do tend to work this way. But you've got Peter Andrews or the natural sequence um, farming, which is all about um, how the, the landscape naturally was a chain of ponds. And even when there's diaries of um, explorers that went out west, and they rarely saw free water. You know, just water lying around in rivers or ponds or anything. They mm -hmm. may have little water, water holes here and there, but they got continuously, continuously bogged, even in the dry, where there's no water to be seen. Okay. 
What it suggests back, and this is where Peter Andrews actually started way out in Western New South Wales, where he was born and bred, but he's you know, showing this whole style of farming where all that water was actually underground. It's all within the root mass, the, the carbon sponge of the mm -hmm. landscape. When you have that carbon sponge, as soon as any water comes, even a deluge, like any sponge, when you put a whole heap of water in, the sponge sucks it up. Mm -hmm. And over droughts, it slowly, slowly lets it back out again. And this carbon sponge made up of perennial grasses and, and root systems um, is what holds a massive amount of water in the landscape. Wow. Now, when we come to conventional farming, we plough and plough and plough and we monocrop to the point where it's dirt, plant, dirt, plant, mm -hmm. where there's really not a huge carbon sponge happening under that ground. So there's nothing to hold that water. And if you have a deluge, the whole damn lot takes the soil and everything with it straight down to the lowest point in that paddock. Mm. And as it's taking it, it's carving huge gullies out. And when it reaches river systems, it literally carves out rivers mm. that were not ever there before. Okay. So uh, there's a whole thing, there's another wonderful um, bit of um, background in going through the Murray River. Um, and there's all the strife with it is kind of interesting because one of the things I would put forward to anyone who has anything to say about it is we need to hydrate the whole damn landscape mm. so that it, that carbon sponge full of water from whenever can slowly trickle in and keep feeding that river for up to 10 years later. So it keeps feeding that river. Now, if up that landscape... 10 years later. Oh, oh wow. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If that's dehydrated, which how many years have we been dehydrating it, specifically draining water off as well as just not capturing it through the carbon sponge, no. there is nothing to keep feeding those rivers. Those rivers are going to get dry and full and dry and full. There's no sponge system um, mitigating how, how that water flows into it. The thing that was really interesting about the Murray River is a lot of people assume, particularly nowadays, assume that it was a flowing river all the way through and always was. The very first thing that they did when they colonised, and there's documents, um, I think it's Surveyor General, but then there's documents with pioneers as well as the Surveyor General, one of the first jobs he had to do, I think, in South Australia. But it's very interesting, is the first job they did on the Murray Darling is they had to go up it and clear it out to make it into a drain. Really? and they wow. turned it into a drain, i.e. a river. Yeah. And the idea is our landscape was never about moving that water fast. Mm. Um, the other, so that was one of my big wake up calls and it's still part of my, my journey is um, uh, the, the, the whole idea of having been brought up with erosion, believing as a child, because that's what you are brought up in, believing that that was just normal, it wasn't even a conversation. Yeah. And then to learn that really, there was something probably not too good happening there. And it was all to do with a management system, which really goes back to your own parents and the way that they were doing things, which was their culture. Mm. But it was a big questioning process that was really, really interesting. And I guess I've done that on a lot of, lot of fronts. So when I landed into university, I ended up specialising in entomology, which is insects. And my projects, don't know why and how, but it got steered towards biological control, i.e. one insect eating another insect. Mm -hmm. So I actually majored, um, a couple of the guys that I dealt with was um, Heliothus, which is what most people know the cotton moth as. Um, it's one of the bollworm. It's one of the biggest problems in agriculture around the world. 
um, known under a few names, but it used to be called Heliothus. It's got scientifically renamed into Helicoverpa just to confuse everyone. Okay. Anyway, it's the grub that, um, if particularly in Australian context, it gets into the cotton bowls and it's um, devastating when it's in there. So I was involved with the um, trichogramma wasp that parasitised the eggs of the Helicoverpa. So that in, in that process, that was really fascinating too because there's a lot of little wake-ups there that are simply not being thought about or even no one feel, feels it's even a question. It's, this is, you know, we've got a problem, you've got to spray it, the spray works, kills everything, mm. good. Yeah. Rather than the whole approach of understanding that nature actually has its own way and method of getting into this and keeping everything in a balance. And that's probably the key word in a lot of what I've got to say about anything is nature and balance. It's all about balance. It's not about getting rid of one thing or another thing because as soon as you do that, you unbalance it and you come into all sorts of strife. And you could argue that's what monocropping has done. It's provided this smorgasbord for helicoverpers mm. you know, and the other in, um, insect pests that come flooding in, have a whoopee, start reproducing and certainly take out the crop. Yeah. But if you start understanding and then working with nature, you actually realise that nature has the capacity to be in there and keeping that under check quite beautifully if you know how to work with it. Mm. So my next little foray in, so that, that was one project or um, honours at university, but the next um, biological control foray was an interesting one too because it was all to do with um, the two-spotted mite, which is one of the mites that gets particularly into glasshouses in Australia. And it's particularly devastating. So what typically um, the culture that we, do, we come into is problem kill it. Mm. And so a lot of glasshouses still today just go straight in and blast the whole damn lot, kill everything. So nothing's living in that space. And of course, as soon as one comes back in again, reproduces, monocrop, let's go, and it's devastation again. Mm. What was interesting is I was um, involved with breeding and selling actually around Australia. The... Uh, arguably the antidote, but it was a predatory mite, um, Phytoses persimilis. But the predatory mite, which is microscopic, it actually parasitised the two-spotted mite. So one ate the other. And it was amazing success. Like when you got into a glass house and put these guys out, you only needed a few, they had a rampage on the two-spotted mite. So it kept everything in balance and they'd keep going. What was fascinating though is Farmers didn't even realise what they had. If it moved, it must be bad. And we've discovered that they were doing this, really happy with it within a week or so, but then they'd notice a little hairy sort of buggy thing on their, on their crop. Mm. And immediately, because it gets away quickly, but immediately they pull out all the spray guns again. Yeah. And they'd kill the good guys as well as the bad guys. Mm. And I always remember in the process of this, watching this for a couple of years, going, who the hell is looking after the big picture here? Because every time they pull those chemicals out, apart from affecting themselves, which a lot of farmers will quietly admit, yeah. they are getting sick from these chemicals, but they feel that this is the only, absolutely the only avenue they have is to spray. Mm. And yet, these are the bugs, and we had a check on a few of them, <laughs> The things that they were actually killing were ladybird larvae. And ladybird larvae also eat all the baddies. 
And they were actually spraying for the good guys just because they, in ignorance or naivety, they just saw something moving and got scared. They just didn't understand it. And it was crazy because even all the other bugs that they were spraying for, if they saw it, good or bad didn't really matter. In most situations, there was a natural antidote. But as soon as you go in with those chemicals, you are setting yourself up for a whole cycle of crash and burn, crash and burn, and, and, and putting chemicals in over and over again to the point where it's just screwed so tightly, you're nearly spraying every day. Wow. And they were. Yeah, yeah. Kind of reminds me of... Um the microbiome in our gut, you know, in a, in a big way, because it's like the microcosm and the macrocosm, doesn't it? It really sounds like Absolutely your immune identical. system and your, yeah, isn't it? It's like, Absolutely. Wow. And what's really remarkable about that, and it's been said, this is from the agricultural angle, and through my life, I've sort of swum around into human health arenas, not through expertise per se, but it's remarkable how similar yeah. all the systems are. As was described by um, one of the scientists in, in Australia, I forget her name, but it was a beautiful analogy. You, it's probably easy to start with a human. So a human has, um, gets its food and it has to be digested. Mm. And we digested it in a tube, which we'll call the digestive system. Yeah. Now, it's not us that digests that food at all. This is the amazing thing. Now, not many people take this on board because they're not even told this at school, Mm. but it's not us, the human, that's digesting that food. It's the whole biology of those wonderful bacteria and things that we always thought were bad. (laughs) And And it's all to do with balance, if something's bad or not. But it's bugs. Now, what's interesting about that is that's the way we work. And of course, we do so much harm to them unwittingly because we just don't understand and we've never thought about how to how to you know how do you balance this back up again but in the agricultural world well number one animals are just like us they have the tube and Mm. they have bugs that do the digesting Mm. what's really interesting in the soil plant profile is it's identical they do have different sorts of bugs doing the job but they have an inverted tube so the digestion happens on the outside of the roots it's like a stew of microbes, just like our gut. And this whole stew of microbes digests the soil foods and all the organic matter mm. so that they can then uptake wow. the nutrients. It's identical. That's amazing. So, so it's na- nature inverted. is amazing when we don't mess around with it or when we understand what's going on. And so from that, because you're so passionate about that, so mm. now you're here in your organic shop in the fifth year we've just established, yeah, which is the Funky Monkey in Inverell, by the way. So if anybody comes past, please come in. Oh, drop in on yeah, the line. Drop we're, we're, in. We're, we're, it's a beautiful town. <laughs> yes, beautiful town, really good coffee and all the goodies. When I come here, I always buy a lot of things. Yeah. Mm. So tell us about that. So. And you are, as a naturally wise woman, definitely hearing about all of the things that you're passionate about. Um, so what's your message here and, and how did you come to open this store in this town? And So moving through all of those wake-ups and just the sheer amazing power of nature to preserve balance and probably in our context because we're so damn sick, the ability to heal and no one has a faith in that no one has faith in the fact that we all are self-healing organisms we keep interfering we keep wanting to kill 
the bad guys. We want to get rid of the losers. We want only good things. And it's nothing to do with that. It's to do with balance and the fact that nature will naturally work its way towards that. The more we interfere, the more scrambled our health and the health of the environment around us becomes. Mm. I love the, um, it's been said a, a number of times, I use it in workshops quite a bit, but you can say this on so many topics, including vaccines. But the one that's probably less volatile in, its, in the conversation is, we do not have headaches because of a lack of aspirin. No. Think about it and think about that really, really hard because there is a truth there that's truly more than profound. That's how us, the humans, the way that our culture works at the moment is we work on all of our topics that we're trying to fix. And we always start with the assumption it's the lack of chemicals. Mm. So you think of your farmer in that glass house and his first port of call is number one, nature can't do it for me. and it must be a lack of chemicals. Yeah. And if that chemical's not working, I might need another one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, completely. I, I mm. so agree with that. And there's also the natural state of health that we all should have. That doesn't seem to be a natural state anymore. And like when I work with women, when I work with children, like to have your aspirin or your Panadol in your handbag because the natural state seemed to be to have lack of energy and headaches. That seems to be the natural state in most people. When you consider as soon as, or even pre-birth, but from birth onwards, um, our culture, our parents and everyone around us, as soon as there's a twinge, and a lot of stuff that goes on with kids is them actually um, allowing their bodies and their micro microbiomes to actu actually get a feel for the environment and build up their own systems for it. As soon as we see pain or fever or anything, guess what humans damn well do every bloody time? They jump in and they've got to fix it. Mm. Fevers. Now the whole thing about a fever is that is beautifully designed to burn out viruses and bacteria. Yeah. That is why our body fevers. Now, if you've got a poor immune system, your system's compromised, that fever can go out of control. But you've got a question, did you come in genetically compromised? Yes, you may have to step in and, and be, be that sort of um, person that's got to be nurtured all the way through. Yeah. But the majority of people, no. Yeah, it's a like Let fever the is, body the, is, do the, it. is the battlefield. And as I always explain it to my children like that. That's like... You know, the good guys and the bad guys, they're fighting and that creates the heat. So just let them and let, support them. And the whole idea yeah. of a fever is to make you want to stop and lie down. It's, and we keep coming in there with Panadol and all the other things to bring down the fever mm. and allow the kids to not, number one, feel anything and also play and push and push and push the yeah. system. It's just these really natural things that... Ideally, you allow your body to explore the world its way. Mm. And it's so damn bloody clever. And we're still learning how bloody clever it is. Yeah. And yet our whole system is all about one little hurt or bump or anything. People go running off for the fix. I know. Should I even ask you about vaccinations? And what's your viewers on that? Oh, Let's my, go I'm, into that. I'm very straightforward <laughs> on it. Um, without even going into all the hoopla of the science, etc, etc. I just have such an innate faith 
in the natural system. Mm. And it's to me, it's exactly that Panadol system. Your body, people can do it. Um, the, the whole system can, it, it needs to explore that. And they do know that the, the natural immune system response is the lifetime one. Mm. It's the one that does the good job. But the point is, a lot of these, and maybe I'm too old, I'm an old mum, but I You're have a mum of how many children? Let's just talk <laughs> three, about that. Three children. Three children, yeah. yes. The owner of the Funky Monkey. Three and, children, yes. all un unvaccinated, all, well, my, when was she? She was 16. Uh, my oldest daughter, when she was 16, she's now 18. But when she was 16, um, we had a scarlet fever um, scare, which in itself did not scare me. It was meant just going to bed, lots of fluids, lots of minerals. That didn't bother me at all and never has. But we had another daughter going off to a camp. And so I did realise that I needed to identify what we might be dealing with here yeah. and whether I should stop yeah. anyone from our family going out into the community. So we went to a GP, which of course, scarlet fever was no, no, nothing there and the fever's about to go on and but anyway. So that ended up being a nothing, but it was a very interesting occasion because I, I didn't stop to think about it, but of course the doctor, his first bit of questioning around this was, who is your regular doctor? Mm. <laughs> yeah. She had never been to a doctor for 16 years. Oh, wow. So, and that's all my kids. Yeah. So I've got a younger one who did get hand, foot and mouth. So we have, but he has had an interaction with doctors on that occasion, but that is it. So I do, it's just, it's just understanding. You give that body all it needs to do the healing and the, and the rebalancing, it will do it. Mm. We've, I've had, I've got too, too many stories wrapped around all of that, that are very interesting in, in and of themselves, but I, um, I just do not see the benefit of shoving something in just in case when if you hold this this knowledge and this you know innate trust that nature will do it it will yeah 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 it's actually becoming a big problem in Australia because of the no jab no play and how they're talking about reinforcing things for adults and some of the studies like my daughter studying psychology so if she wants to work in a clinical setting in a hospital unless she is completely fully vaccinated there's no way that she can do that which is just um it's quite know. extraordinary <laughs> for um you know that it's it does play on the um the poor is innocent child um you know you because really one of the keystones of the fear around all of this is um the the idea of the herd um immunity the herd i forget the word for it anyway the the herd thing um the whole idea is if you put one sick person into a population the spread of that sickness goes everywhere it's got so many holes in the theory but that's without me needing to go into that whole arena but with many many discussions i've had over the years on this particular idea is point number one we have, and when we have an outbreak, by definition, vaccinated kids are running around getting sick. Mm. By definition. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so an outbreak is not just within the unvaccinated population. Mm. So by definition, an outbreak means vaccinated and a lot of vaccinated kids are running around sick. 
Now, vaccinated or not, don't even care what your status is. Anyone, and I mean any single person that's sick, is spreading. Right. Just hold that thought, because that is at the crux of it. Yeah, it is. So you've got to question yeah, yeah, it yeah. right on that really background level. I'm not going into the nitty gritty. All I'm saying is there's something not working. There is something not working, completely agree. So as in the naturally wise women, 40, 45 plus, tell us a little bit about what your advice would be for these women to um, embrace their middle age, their natural menopause as much as possible, if not by identical, if they have to. Um, what do you have to say? Unfortunately, I have not reached any stage personally to have explored an awful lot so I don't that's, know that's even good I know that my journey will be natural mm. um, no matter which way that turns but if things start feeling uncomfortable that's where I'll be sourcing out some of those natural remedies so yeah. I know my journey will be that way but mm. I personally haven't entered it so I just don't know yeah. quite what I'm in for but having you know sitting in a health food store it is fascinating watching the journey of so so many women in this mm. age group onwards um, and it's fraught and one of the things that I it's I'd hate to be glib about it but there is so many people that hit this zone right now and suddenly things go pear-shaped in many different ways. Possibly the most obvious and the most alarming for women is the weight gain. Mm. And what I find interesting, and I've got no reason um, to support this really, but my suspicion is underlying all of that is there is a thyroid thing going on. Mm. So more often than not, it's trying to work back into why is this messing up? Why is that thyroid doing all of this? Because you'll have the women fighting and fighting their weight and fighting it. And it doesn't matter what you do with what's going in your mouth. It doesn't matter how much you get on that treadmill. If the thyroid is mis doing the wrong thing, it will do all of these weird stuff. And so... Oh, yeah. You can go off and, and become manic. And that's what yeah, I see yeah. is a lot of manic 45 onwards. Yeah. Like we're truly manic. No, I, I, I totally agree. And so I so appreciate yeah. that. And I have, uh, that's exactly. So I work with clients and with women especially because of that. Because it's not a thing about exercising no. more and eating less. Absolutely not. No. And the first thing I do is I do send them to a, a functional doctor. And I ask them, like, get like different tests done, figure out hormones figure out thyroid often you're right it's an underlying thyroid thing but it's often it's also um a stress related thing Ooh, where they've been looking <laughs> after yeah where they've been looking after everybody inside and that's finally where they can look after themselves and they're super stressed out and when your cortisol levels are so high you can do whatever you want your body will just hang on yep. to the weight it um, is it's and like then, this whole syndrome yeah. that's that you're running, you're panicking, you're manic about trying to suppress the symptoms. Mm. But not many people... And it's because bloody women's health is so, so on the back foot. It There's is. some beautiful movements happening around. I get to hear little bits and pieces about they're now finally taking it um, serious that, you know, women do have... You know, because they go from doctor to doctor to doctor to doctor... Nothing wrong with you, nothing wrong with you. And now there's more and more people out there creating these awareness hubs and saying, like yourself, mm. and saying, 
it's not the bloody symptoms. It You've got to take it in to finding what's at the bottom of it all. Yeah, and my approach is like a mind, body, spirit. It's a whole holistic oh, yeah. thing because, and we never had that because the generation before us, they wouldn't actually speak about menopause because it was just like something that happened. Women, There was like a, a lot of shame attached to it. And so this is really mm. changing because menopausal women, they're like stepping out and stepping up and, you know, they're saying, well, you know, this is my time now and creating a whole new room because we live so much longer now. Mm. Oh, yes. Which is amazing. Which is a bit different yeah. to anything in the previously. Yeah. That's right. Well, previously. I but do believe there was a natural system going on before our yeah, Western civilization. Not even industrialization, but way before that. I yeah. had a wonderful time. Um, I had a home birth with my third child. Yeah. I was the um, oldest mum that she had home birthed. <laughs> At the time, which was quite amusing. How old were you when? Was it? <laughs> uh, 44, was I? 44, I think. Just about to turn 45. Wow. Yeah. So I um, didn't even know that. Yeah, That's home birth. That. It, no, it, I knew about the home birth. Absolutely delightful, though, because um, the reading in and the whole history behind the fear of bloody childbirth. I tell you what, now that's yeah. that. I've got a big bee in my bonnet about that, but it's weirdly another topic that's slightly in the realm of vaccinations mm. in the response and the sheer block that and you get when you yeah. the fear. Yeah. The fear is astronomical. Yeah. And it's so not necessary. We have interfered so much that it's true. It's a little bit of untangling to try and untangle why everything's such a mess in that arena. Mm. But it's just so not what that is. Now, if you're a very, um, you know, um, a system that's very compromised or um, really not coping, you're probably going to have a hard time having giving birth. And that's lovely yeah. that, you know, medicines come in and they can, yeah. you know, get you through. But the point is, the majority of people simply don't need all that interference at all. No. Unbelievable um, what we do, what we do. And we have so <laughs> lost touch with the fact that everything that nature put forward is just as strong and powerful as it's ever been, except we've cocked it all up. Yeah, we have. So your strong message for today is really to let to um, work together with nature to figure out what it is actually that nature is saying to us and to let our bodies heal and also expose ourselves to nature because often we're like so far removed and i find it really funny that um, new therapy forms are coming out now where doctors can prescribe nature and i'm thinking wow <laughs> that is just very, very. I guess the cautionary side of um, trust nature is understand whether you're already entangled. You can't just drop the ball and no. saying it will all reshuffle itself out. Unfortunately, a lot of us are entangled in a web that needs to be untangled mm. cleverly. But probably the biggest thing is check in and Ask yourself, how much do you really understand about how all of these things work? How, how does nature work in this scenario? How would it work without human interference? Mm. How, we, we're, we're always learning new stuff, like particularly in soils, which is probably my big passion. Yeah. The soil arena too, like the things we are discovering even now. And to me, whenever it's discovered, I sit there going, well, that was bloody obvious, wasn't it? But now at least we have names and we know what chemistry went from this point to that point. Yeah. But most of it was just, it's just obvious that there are processes and it's 
untangling yourself from all the bits but also understanding you can't just stand there and go oh i'm free now i just won't do anything no I'm that not, pros- possibly not. could be a little yes, dangerous that's that not a good idea <laughs> and always always like find someone that's really natural and holistically and mm. is on the same well is on the same path as you are because that's Very really much. important like someone who's holistic someone, that's yeah. right because i'm sure when you had your own birth you would have not done that on your own you probably would have had a midwife that was you know that was there with you and knew exactly what was going on if there was to be any signs you know to actually yeah, yeah. you know advocate and interfere and bring you to the place that yeah. where you would have gone help yeah. all right so a but no, I like one big question that I always ask any of my guests is like on a daily basis. So what are the things that are non-negotiables to you in your life that you do or don't do or that is your, your biggest value or yeah. So things where you're like, that probably um, there'll probably be a lot that I haven't thought of. But one thing I, I really treasure and if it's ripped away from me, I certainly notice it is I have my, I don't know if you call it meditation, I'm not very good with, you know, assigned words, but I literally give myself at least half an hour in bed awake in a zone, um, in a zone of checking in. It's my check-in point. And then I know I've got, it starts with, you know, what is it today, Wednesday? Right, what have I got on? And then I move into this slow motion of, What's the whole world? What was the meaning of everything? And it just goes, flows. Oh, wow. And without so like, that, it's not good. look at the bigger picture of what it all means for today. It's not just, oh, that's my to-do list, blah, no. blah, 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 which will probably want to Normally make you I stay need in to. bed because you're like super busy <laughs> and you're like, oh, put the blanket over my head. So it's very No, not at all. I like to place myself in where I'm at and what is on. So that may sound a bit stressful, but no. it's not. It's just yeah. saying, where am I? This is where I am. And then pull out and get it wider and wider until I end up often with, you know, I don't know, thinking politics or um, <laughs> what, what, how, how on earth does this sort of system work over there? And it's, yeah, it's so my, your, your private, my grounded. yeah, you're grounded half an hour mm. in bed. I love that. Mm. That is so good. So. And so what keeps you... Because I have never seen you stressed, I think. Maybe um, Oh, yes, I do. I yeah. do. I do. I, I have never, but you always <laughs> seem to be calm and in control. So maybe I haven't. But so what keeps you going like all day? One thing I do try and do, and it's uh, something I think picked up at university, is it's a step-by-step. One thing about when, because I do get in a tiz, particularly when I see a huge picture that mm. I'm trying to deal with. Mm. And it's overwhelming. Yeah. Um, and what I will often do, and it's through doing it over and over, I can do it quicker and quicker, is literally pull straight back in to what's the next step. Forget the big picture for those moments. And that's nearly what my bed morning routine is all about, is I allow the big picture to be explored in, in a peaceful capacity. Mm. But um, when I'm in action and it overwhelms me, I pull right back to that take what is the one thing you've got to do right now and even if it's as silly as just clean those four glasses first then go here sounds you very pull mindful it back to, it. to me <laughs> <laughs> pull it right back to yeah. now yeah. yeah yeah that's mindfulness in in this purest mm. actionable form without you know mm. calling it anything or labeling it love that mm. wow well thank you so much carolyn that was like 
beautiful interview. I'm so glad I popped in. We're like sitting at the Funky Monkey in Inora in the back room. So if you hear any noises, that's like <laughs> the shop noises going. <laughs> well, that was awesome. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with me. Thank you, Susan. Thank you. <laughs>